Terrifier is a 2017 film adaptation of Damien Leone's short film of the same name. Written and directed by Damien Leone, it stars Jenna Connell, David Howard Thornton, and Catherine Cochran, with music by Paul Wiley. Wiley has worked on other horror films such as a 2017 reboot of Frankenstein vs. The Mummy, Last Girl, and Boondocks. This is the third indie-slash-B-movie I've reviewed on the show. I didn't intend originally for that to become a trend, but it seems that interesting ideas in horror music can be found in the underground more often these days. That isn't to say the mainstream is devoid of great horror music, but films like Annihilation are just not common enough in Hollywood. At the same time, it is genuinely enjoyable for me to roll the dice on Netflix and find interesting films I was completely unaware of. It's like going to a record store and... No, wait, hold on. It's like going on SoundCloud or YouTube or Pandora and letting the algorithm lead you down a rabbit hole of musical exploration. Yeah, you skip a lot, but when you happen upon that fascinating standout piece, it all becomes worth the journey. And sometimes the journey is its own reward. That is what Terrifier is for me. A fun loner that caught my eye. That was more sexual than intended. Terrifier, despite being a small-budget independent venture, is very much a movie of the times. It's modeled after 80s slasher flicks, it has a retro-wave synth score, it features an evil clown, and it was partially crowdfunded. No, I'm not kidding. There's a thank-you section for the Indiegogo backers in the ending credits. Now, a few of those elements are normally turn-offs for me. Clowns have ceased to be scary, 80s nostalgia is saturating the market, and playing the synth-weight card is a gamble if you don't know what you are doing. Thankfully, Paul Wiley does know what he is doing and manages to pull off an interesting score. I'm not going into the details of the plot, but I will say that it didn't do much for me. It's predictable and has a fair amount of scenes that are completely unnecessary or just don't connect with anything else in the film, leading me to believe they are just there for shallow shock value. I could be wrong. The ending is the worst part by far and really lowered my appreciation for the film. That being said, if you just want something to put on for a movie night or a good drinking game or you like slasher flicks, then this is a great candidate. There are plenty of moments I enjoyed. In particular, there is a bit of practical gore effects that was really effective. Unfortunately, it happens early on and there isn't much to the movie after that. But how does this all tie into the music? The music is simultaneously one of the strongest but least utilized aspects of the movie. While it works, it does a great job of establishing this show's favorite word, atmosphere. But it gets buried or substituted for a lot of stock sound effects and uninteresting pre-recorded rock songs. The songs themselves aren't bad, I just don't feel like they really added anything to the film overall. And the stock sound effects are just too noticeable. There's going to come a time when everyone is going to be off-put by hearing that one wind howling sound that they heard in a video game five years ago. It just takes me straight out of the experience. What's perplexing is that there are a billion free recordings of wind sounds to use, and if you happen to live in a windy place, just record your own. It's not expensive. How I Feel About Terrifier shares some parallels with my fondness for Zat. Like my Zat review, I won't be playing music from Terrifier, but I will be making loose facsimiles. Also, like Zat, this movie was made from a place of great care and love. It was written, directed, and edited all by Damien Leone. This was clearly his passion, and he got to do it in a way bigger than most aspiring filmmakers ever can. That is something I admire and respect, 
Even if it doesn't impress most audiences, I'm happy that it exists at all. Anyway, let's move on to Paul Wiley's score. To say the score taps into the new retrowave phenomenon would be missing some nuance. While yes, a lot of the music is synth pads and typical stingers, a close listen reveals some motifs and general theming. The majority of the film takes place in a rundown building, warehouse, garage. It's not entirely clear what the purpose of the building is, but we know that it has a basement level, multiple pest infestations, and is one step away from being condemned. There is ample space for shooting different scenes and added production value for a grimy, dark setting that characters can get stalked in. This is accentuated by the harsh metallic notes of many of the synths and sound effects. Flavors such as grinding, shimmering, and clanging accompany a lot of impacts and ambient pads. Action scenes are composed mainly with thumping bass lines and arpeggiated leads, often with chimes or harsh percussion to lend a sense of frantic pacing. Slower scenes maintain tension by drawn-out deep synth lines that oscillate slowly, small leads building up and down to lull you into a state of suspense and intrigue. When isolated, the tracks sound great, but a lot of the writing and dialogue can get in the way. I found myself checking my phone multiple times during scenes with the antagonist that should have had me on the edge of my seat. Another large detractor is that there was no theme song for our antagonist, who is a clown. This is, after all, an homage to 80s slasher flicks. Shouldn't we have an eerie tune like in Halloween? I'm not saying every movie needs a haunting piano lead in 5-4 time, but it would have been nice to hear something to accompany the killer clown in this film. Something to foretell his arrival. Hell, if you are going to have jump scares, kick off the theme music when he shows up. It doesn't have to tell the audience when the clown is about to strike, but it can help influence their reaction whenever he is on screen. I don't know, something melodic and cheerful but slightly dissonant to unnerve us. I've made a similar criticism of the new IT movie in the past, and I stand by that remark. As this is an indie movie, I don't want to give too much away. Go check it out if it seems interesting, but it's time to give my conclusions. Terrifier is a bit of a trick. I don't enjoy giving it this classification, but it's difficult to see past the flaws. The music is on the cusp of being really effective and standing out, but is buried so often. It's hampered by some run-of-the-mill creative choices, stock sound effects, and just a lack of originality. Like I said before, if you separate it from the movie, it's great background music and utilitarian enough to fit in many a haunted house or other film, but that's also a weakness. A lot of the score sounds similar to other movies in this style, both old and new. Now this isn't a mark against the composer. I'm willing to bet he did what was asked of him, and likely there wasn't a budget to go the extra mile. And what is in the movie isn't bad, just underwhelming as it is used. I would have liked to see more. Whether you are a veteran musician, movie buff, or just curious about scary music, thank you for giving this podcast a listen. If you would like me to review a particular film, artist, video game, or other piece of scary sounds, please leave a comment or message me on Twitter at abysmi, A-B-Y-S-M-I-I. Trick or Track is a part of creativehorror.com, a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com.